you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. This is Amy Brown from Four Things with Amy Brown. Today, Healthier is happening at CVS Health in more ways than you've ever seen. It's wellness destinations for seniors, including select locations with Oak Street Health and CVS Pharmacy. It's doctors, nurses, pharmacists, and everyone in between offering quality care and support virtually, in person, and on the phone. It's in-home evaluations through Signify Health and meeting mental health needs through Aetna. And those are just a few of the ways that Healthier is happening. To see more, visit cvshealth.com slash healthier happens together. CVS Pharmacy, Oak Street Health, CVS Specialty, Signify Health, and Aetna are part of CVS Health. Eligibility and services vary by location and individual. Hey, what's up? You have to check out the RMB podcast. I am Nate Burleson. I'm Real Mike Rob. We got a tremendous show for you guys. What are we talking Man, about? Man, we Mike? talked Brandon Brown and Ryan Fitzpatrick. We talked about running backs. Yeah. We had a new segment of Ornall. Yeah. Great show. And we talking music in the NBA. Check out the podcast, NFL.com slash podcast and on iTunes. This is the best podcast going. The movement. We out. Going to the hurry-up offense. Hi and hello and welcome to the DDFP, everybody. Presented as always by McDonald's, Bucky Brooks, handsome Hank Hodgson, Dan Hanzoos here, fellas. Let's jump into it with the hurry-up and we'll start here. It is Joe Namath's 73rd birthday in my book, the coolest football player of all time. Don't believe me, listen to this classic clip from NFL Films round about 1968. Uh, sometimes they talk about drinking and conniving around with ladies and stuff. It seems almost un-American to me for a bachelor not to, you know, go around uh, having a drink with a lady now and then. And why all of a sudden that's becoming evil in me? <laughs> Just trying to get by. Look at that shot. Look at that shot. Buries it in the corner pocket. I mean, <laughs> it is the greatest thing. Hanzoos, you're our resident Jets fan. Namath is the coolest. Do you agree with that? I mean, not only just because it's, he's still the Jets are still looking for that guy to follow Namath, but he is the coolest. I mean, with, between the, the fur coat and the sideline and, and the white the white cleats, he redefined cool when everybody else was a, a stiff back then. Oh, he had them all too in the greater Manhattan area. Hanzus, who is the challenger if one exists in 2016 NFL to challenge the throne? Coolest guy in in the NFL. Oh, I know what he's going to say. JJ Watt. Oh, definitely not JJ. <laughs> Great player, but definitely not cool. Fitz Magic. Uh, not Fitz Magic. Uh, I mean Brady has a cool about him. True. He's not. I wouldn't call him like a, a cool guy, but just he has that aura. Like Jeter had it in baseball. 
where that's cool that he just walks into a room and he owns the room. Handsome Hank, how say you? I think right now Cam Newton's trying to be that guy, but I feel mm. like it might he might be trying a little too hard. Oh, I think Cam is doing it successfully. He just uh, had a little road blo- a little stumble there called the uh, called the Super Bowl. Bucky Brooks. I'm gonna go with Hans's answer. I think Tom Brady's the guy. Yeah. I think Tom Brady has a level of cool that everyone aspires to, and plus he has rings and plus, so what the, plus he's married to a supermodel. What they, I don't know you could do much better than yep. that. Men want to be him. Women want to be with him. He has that whole thing locked down. Steph Curry also uh, quite famous and uh, popular these days. Did Golden State win the series or did OKC lose it? Bucky Brooks. OKC lost it. Oh, come on. Don't be a cynic, Buck. They did. They lost. That was an all-time nails performance from two of the uh, all-time or from, uh, two, two no, no, of the no, no, best no, no, no. in this generation. I can respect. What they're doing, I can respect the fact that they have kind of led to a revolution in the league in terms of people valuing the three ball over the two. But if OKC simply pounds the ball inside, they win. They change. Golden State is much like some teams where they seduce you into playing their style, and you will never beat them trying to outrun them and outshoot threes. And so if you stick to the game plan, which what they were doing early in the series, pounding the ball inside, getting layups, doing those things, you win. All but right. if you're going to shoot threes, you're not going to Keen be- analysis, fair. Hanzu, so I'll say you. Golden State won it in an all-time performance uh, in those last three games. You figured they would, they would take care of business and stay alive in game five. But to, the medal they showed to steal game six on the road, I mean, I don't think – uh, okay, say so blew it. I thought that was an all-time team. The Warriors finally showing up in a big moment. Then, and then Game Seven. That's a four-point game with 140 to play. When Durant hits a jump shot, uh, a little 7-0 run, and they just they the Warriors took care of business. They closed them out with Steph Curry leading the way. I would what a game, what a series. I would love to see if Ibaka doesn't take that terrible three-point foul with about a minute to go. Awful. How the rest of the game plays out. Uh, handsome. Did you drink in uh, Game Seven? Yes. And you did? Uh, I did. I watched, Who won? I watched. Did 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 uh, the winning team win it, or did the losing the winning team, team lose won it? it? Yes, that's I, what happens. That's exactly right. And of course, I like to play with sports <laughs> cliches, but this was in fact the the winning team. Don't be such a cynic. I hear you. What your your points well, are valid. What am I? What am I but again, <laughs> this isn't. It's one thing to, when it's I'm Cinderella. Trying out, I'm trying to figure out what I'm cynical. Just about. listen. Well, because you're pointing more <laughs> at because you said the the OKC more lost it than they turned than the ball over. I understand, but also, <laughs> you know what, Matthew Dellavedova last year in the oh. finals that was sort of a Cinderella story that lasted for you know about two games or so. But you know, it's one thing when a guy comes out of nowhere to play well. It's another thing when the guy has all the pressure in the world on him and he still performs. Clay Thompson did that, and then Steph did that. With all, I mean, the 73 wins looming and uh, what that would mean for history if they didn't win the title and all that, and they get it done, and they needed every last one of those threes they I'm hit really, I'm in really game surprised, I'm surprised at your take. I'm a little surprised I, I, at your take. Believe you me. You kind of have a little TD in you. Because I don't, I don't see them, like, after this game. After this game. With Pairing, make, make it, take it, Dave. Yeah. yeah I don't, Pairing a guy to black tie, that's as low as it gets. That's on, low, only, low. only because, like, I think, if anything, when I watched this series, the fact that Golden State trailed most of the series, I felt like OKC was the better team. I felt like Klay Thompson and Steph Curry are the better guys, and they're the only two guys in right. the league that can do it. 
They do. That's right, Bucky. You just made my point. Hey, also going on, the Stanley Cup final is underway. Penguins, Sharks, if you've ever listened to the show, you may know. I root for Pittsburgh-based sports teams. I hope at the end of it they get to lift the Stanley Cup once again. What's the best trophy in sports, Handsome Hank? Dave, the best trophy in sports is the Ashes. Please bear Uh, with me. No, 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 no. Don't do this because this is a cool story. I would like you to just listen to it for a second, okay? In 1882... Right, which is long before you, you know, America got around to doing anything. Mm-hmm. England and Australia were <laughs> playing, exactly were playing cricket, were history. playing cricket matches, right? About a hundred years before the, we it was the first country. time that the the convicts from Australia had beaten the English team, and there was a, an obituary, a, a fake obituary for English cricket, and they burnt the stumps, <laughs> which is what the bats, and they they collected the ashes, and every time that England plays Australia at cricket, they're playing for, and the trophy is no more than like three or four inches tall. It's the ashes oh, that were burnt uh, on that occasion. They don't care. And, well, you know what, Dan? A lot of people around the world do. Um, <laughs> Bucky Brooks, you know, best I'll, trophy in sport. Well, I have down the Lombardi Trophy. And the reason All the right. Lombardi Trophy is down, obviously I spent time in Green Bay. I understand the history and the significance that the people in that town – Chooses that, but like who like? I mean, that's the best thing. I'm a football guy, NFL. It's, I hear you. It's it's, it's spare, it's sleek, it's handsome, it's got a good name to it. It's, it's not nice. my I favorite. Was, but I was looking, I was looking up because I don't know if you noticed, being a Tar Heel, that our men and women's team both won the men and women's lacrosse thing. So I was looking up that oh, trophy man. because I would have claimed that. I, I just like. No, muzzle top. No, I think it's just that yeah. that's just like that wood board with the gold seal thing on it that NCAA champs get. Hanzoos, best trophy. Give the right answer. I'm going to set you up on this. I, can I just say the worst trophy, which makes Lombardi look better in comparison, is the AFC and NFC conference title trophies. Horrific. So they got to go back to the drawing board with mm. those. Have you seen those recently? They're like silverware or something, but yeah, they're very odd. Yeah, I know, I I can picture them. They look like half stadiums. Yeah, it's not a good look. But the number one trophy, and I'm not even a huge hockey fan. But it's the it's the Lord Stanley's Cup. The only rival to it really is the Heisman Trophy, the World Cup trophy thing, La Copa or whatever they call it, is dumb looking. Yeah, that looks true. like just looks like it <laughs> melted. It looks yeah. like they, whatever it used to be got melted on accident. But, uh, yes, the Stanley Cup. It, it bears the names of all the champs. How can drink you out of it. It's so – well, as a matter of fact, start the show! Yes, as you may have noticed, we've begun the show. Welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program, available as always. Thanks to McDonald's. Go get you some of that all-day breakfast. Fill your belly up once, twice, three times. I don't care. You can do it as much as you want, Bucky Brooks. Let's get to it. Yes, Hanzoos mentions it. We have much to get to, including I want to talk. The Hall of Fame induction is coming up here on Thursday night. Maurice Jones-Drew and I will sit down and kibitz about uh, Terrell Owens, who should be in the Hall of Fame or being inducted this year. He's not because of the perception of – his personality or the how he dealt with the media that always bugs me we're going to talk about who is the second best wide receiver in the Super Bowl era behind Jerry Rice of course and we got some other stuff to get into here but first it's time for the annual telling Hanzoos mentions it yeah the players get to drink out of the Stanley Cup everybody knows that but once back in 1991 I was sitting in a bar in Pittsburgh called Docs now defunct and it was closing time And the bartender said, hey, uh, you guys got to go downstairs. The bar's closing up. If it hurries you up at all, the Stanley Cup just walked in. And we thought he was kidding, but we went downstairs, and there it was gleaming. 
so bright I almost had to wear sunglasses. <laughs> even in even in the uh, wee hours of the a.m., Paul Staggerwald, then the color man of the Pittsburgh Penguins on the radio, had the cup. And as anybody who's associated with the winning organization, you get the cup for a couple of days. That's right. He decided to go to a neighborhood bar with it. And we were one of six or seven patrons in this bar closing time. And I asked Staggy, as he's known, if I could, uh, if you my friends and cup? I could could hoist the cup over our head. And he said, sure. If the sizable bodyguard who was standing next to the cup in a blazer like you would expect him to look. At what, like 2 a.m.? At like 2 a.m. What condition were you in at this point? What, how, what condition do you think of? <laughs> in the bag. Enough. How about that? Yeah. Uh, I said, can we hoist the cup? And he said, sure. And a moment later... The cup that had been lifted a week or two prior by number 66 Lemieux and Rocket Richard and, mm. you know, Bobby Orr. I'm trying to net Gordy Howe. I'm trying to name all the best hockey players I can think of. I think I just re- reeled off everybody's Did you, did you say five. Gretzky? Oh, I know. I didn't. I forgot about that guy. Oh, anyway, <laughs> so, anyway, all their names etched on it. And then I pushed my luck and said, hey, Staggy, what do you think about putting some Iron City beer in there? He said, if it's okay with that guy, the bodyguard, it's okay with me. Next thing you knew, pitchers of beer Ooh. were put into the Stanley Cup. We drank from it. This is pre-cell phone era, of course. And so there is no visual evidence of this. You're just going to have to take my word for it. But uh, my chums who were there that night can confirm. In fact, we did wow. consider, should one of us leave, bite the bullet right now, and risk not being with the cup for these precious moments, run to the closest house and get a camera and come back? And we didn't. And then we discussed briefly, should we just make a run for it with the cup? We'll give it back. We're not going to keep it. But just like a long weekend, we'll take it. We'll take pictures poolside, and then we'll get back to it. But uh, yeah. anyway. Yes. I have a serious question, by the way. Because you're a huge Penguins fan and a huge NHL fan. Is that a top 10 moment in your life? Drinking out of the Stanley Cup? I guess you would have to say it is. Yeah. 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 I get it. My three straight uh, Connect Four titles in Chicago in the mid 90s, being voted by my peers at the end of Hebrew school, all time most valuable Jew for being the most (laughs) disruptive student in Hebrew school over the years. A lot of, you know, listen, I, I, my, uh, my award, uh, my awards room, my trophy room is, is full. Hey, Shaq, where, where do the three kids fit into these uh, great moments and, and the birth of them? Somewhere in there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> They're in the mix somewhere. Before we jump into uh, the show proper, though, I, I have a couple of uh, moral conundrums that I'd like to address. You know, think globally, act locally, they say. And uh, so it's time for a personal edition of, uh, I guess we just uh, decided to call it Shecks and Balances. Mm. And... Fellas, what do we think about this? The first one was, or is, I, uh, of course, was watching the Penguins on Sunday night. My DVR was full. I was going back and forth, mostly on the puck and then going to the Golden State and OKC game. And, you know, I have the kids, like you, like you mentioned there, uh, Bartlett behind the glass. And so my schedule, I, I don't get to watch everything in real time. Some of it is DVR'd. Some of it's a little delayed. And I feel feel my phone buzz late in the third period, even though I'm watching on delay. Kent Brown, producer behind the glass, is texting me about the Penguins game result oh. in the in 2016. Come on, are, are, isn't it inappropriate to be texting people about game results? It's disgraceful. What, is that I'm, which side are you on, handsome? Oh, you definitely don't. You don't. You don't hit you, me up. Because because Kent Brown's in his twenties, and it's not like he's off with his with his raising little children. 
He has nothing but free time. Of course he's watching it in real time. What kind of grace period are you looking for? I mean, I think it's reasonable to say, give me the night. That No. This I, don't is, think uh, the night. I don't think the night. No, no, no. no. Oh, I'd, say, I'd say, you know, with pausing, like let's assume that maybe you watched it and you've got kids, you have to put things I, I'd say like an, I'd say 90 minutes. 90 I, minutes this, this is a little rigid. I would, I would well, no, because people want to celebrate with you. If it's a good thing, if it's a bad thing, I don't even. I wouldn't even ever ever no, get involved. See, that's where it gets slippery, handsome. Is because I understand where, when you start texting only in victory like that. Then when I feel the buzz, that's where my brain's going to go, and you've already well, spoiled no, but the results. That's just me. You have to know that. You'd have to know that about me. But ninety minutes after that, people want to. You know, when something nice happens for you, it would be weird if you announced that you were having another kid, mm-hmm. and then everyone waited four days or <laughs> two hours or something to, to congratulate you. People like to – they want to have emotional moments. I'm sure your people. 20-something buddy, there was no malice behind what he did. I will say that – I don't know. Sports – You know he's a co-worker, Hans, he, and he's, he's sitting, sitting right, right behind now. the glass oh, there. Oh, it's kind of awkward. <laughs> Ken, not your fault. That's what I want to say. It is not Ken's fault because – oh, I thought you were saying it's not your fault that you don't, that know, you don't him. know him. Hans <laughs> is a pre I know Ken. That's his fault. And Ken and I know each other very well. Really? Yes. Yeah, I do. Tell us, tell us some things. Tell us some crew. things about Ken. Ken is a big, big Penguins fan. Actually. <laughs> uh, and else? he's a uh, he has a casual relationship of some kind with Mark Sessler. I know that as well. Okay. And he has brownish hair. Right. Brownish to black. Also, hair. go ahead. Weigh in here. All right. Yes. Anyway, um, no, but. The great, you know, the DVR is a life-changing uh, appliance for everyone, but it's really never taken with sports. It's always going to be a live type thing. So when it comes to, like, Game of Thrones, you should know better than to spoil to someone the next morning. But with live sports, I, I get why Kent would have – I don't even know if I want to call it made the mistake of texting you because he figured Shaq You're was watching. watching. Yeah, well, that's that would sure be squat. a fair – I got your back, Kent. I feel like that would be a semi-reasonable assumption for one to make, except for the fact – that about two weeks ago, the same Ken Brown did the same thing, and I said, don't text me. I have to watch these games on DVR, and yet he did it again anyway. Well, this was a holiday, no though. This was Memorial Day. It's a holiday. I figured yep. mm. it's not a regular Wednesday night when it's just a normal night when your schedule's kind of not made up. On a holiday, I figured you're going to be there at Stanley Cup Finals, have your kids watching the game with you. Maybe you're watching with other Pence fans. <laughs> I just assumed Memorial Day – Right. You would be there at 5 o'clock our time watching the oh, game. Yeah. And Here's the thing, Ken. Yeah. The I've invited Sheck to about like 37 type outside the work events, and Sheck always has something going on with his kids and, and women folk. So Whoa, you have on. to assume well, yeah. that What's he's that? not What's available. With that? Hey, let me tell you something. <laughs> if, you wanna, if you're waiting for an apology for me being a great dad, Keep on waiting. <laughs> I happen to be a terrific. I, I, I never take it personally. <laughs> and no, other Pittsburgh is. friends, I sent them the same text. Every one of them was watching the game in real time. They're three hours ahead of us. Of course they have the free time to do that. Their kids are asleep. It's four, 5 o'clock in the p.m. when the game starts out here. It's prime time, dinner, and bath time, boy. Will you be watching? Final verdict, jerk. All right, next up. <laughs> Here's another one. So I, I, I run into our pal Sully. And we've detailed his ridiculous rooting habits previously. Yes. He is from San Antonio. He went to Tennessee for college. <laughs> so he loves Peyton Manning. <laughs> but his favorite NFL team is the Seattle Seahawks. Oh. 
inexplicable except that he's a front runner. Then I say, did you catch that game one of the Stanley Cup Finals? Oh, yeah, he did. He said uh, I, he didn't really have much interest in it because of uh, the NHL team he roots for. I said, well, San Antonio, what, the, the Dallas Stars? No, no, the New Jersey Devils. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's ridiculous. Where's your dignity, boys? Sully. <laughs> that's shameful. I mean, what do we think about that, Buck? Uh, I, I, that doesn't make sense. Unacceptable? Uh, it's unacceptable. It's almost like Fabs, like in the Cowboys, the Yankees, and the Lakers. I've I've worked with Fabs for almost six years now, and nobody gets killed more than Fabs for his fandom. Uh, but Sully's is more just off the wall wacky. Yeah. I respect. <laughs> he's how... on an acid trip of as. A yeah, sports. but he's 21st century frontrunner. He's taking the Seattle Seahawks, who yeah. were on the cusp of a dynasty. Yeah. But he's not like six years old. The Devils have been good in the 21st century, so he is kind of front-running there. He kind of missed the Devils' window, though. He's a young guy. They haven't been that great in the last decade. I suppose. I but think I, no- I agree with Dan. I think it's just off the wall. I think it's weird. <laughs> like, uh, Fabs owns it. Fabs, is, Fabs owns it because, he, yeah. because he, he's obviously a front-runner, and he admits to being exactly that. But Sully's, Sully's is, just, is just weird. Anything to say for yourself before I uh, give my final verdict here? Wait. Sully? Okay. So you're. You, I haven't. I haven't been listening. Been <laughs> so, so isn't that your oh, good, job? I can what cut to the doing? chase. Final verdict. Jerk. <laughs> jerk, or, jerk or no jerk is is what what the the conversation was about my fandom. About your fandom. This, and who you like. This isn't and, that. Yeah. How, I have a reason. I have a good reason for all of them, but the Devils. Okay. Spurs. <laughs> Born and raised in San Antonio. Okay. Are you going to give me that one? Is yeah, that okay? That's okay. Is that okay for you guys? Okay. And it's also Went to the okay University that they of Tennessee. Won. Is that okay with you guys? When Is you were okay? growing up, the they were winning titles. That also helps. Okay, or else so you, you wouldn't be a Spurs fan. So what do you mean I wouldn't be a Spurs fan? I'm from San Antonio. Why wouldn't I be a Spurs fan? I don't know. Why are you a Devils and Seahawks fan? Because they're no, both I'm good in your I'm lifetime. Getting there. Exactly. Devils fan, still a Devils fan. Uh, needed a hockey team, South, South Texas. No hockey down there. I mean, stars are four hours away. I picked the baddest guys on the block, and it was the Devils, and I'm stuck with them. Right. You're a front runner. <laughs> I was All a front right. runner there. I was a front runner there. Seahawks, uh, brother, 10-year ti- uh, season ticket holder, uh, and I, I started going to games. Atmosphere was awesome. I was hooked. Kind of checks out, Dave. Uh, also, one more thing. So yeah. Scram, Sully. It doesn't check okay. out. Got you. Yes, checks and balances. Thank you. Thank you, Zeus, sir. Our yeah. impromptu, segment, uh, impromptu segment there. Also, so I mentioned on Monday night it was big for sports fans, but it also was big for people who enjoy the game called The Bachelorette. And uh, I, I know Hanzoos is a viewer, as is Lindsey Rhodes. By the way, I failed to mention Muzzletov to Hanzoos in the Around the NFL fellas on their nomination for an award. Uh, yes. I, the I, boss, I, Rosenthal, explain what it is. The Academy of Podcasts. The Academy of Podcasters. I know uh, I think that's Black a made-up thing that Sessler came up with to fool everybody. Yeah, Black Tie somehow finagled a free trip to Texas for last year's awards, where we were also nominated and fell short. And we got nominated again, and uh, this, this is the year we'd take it, I think. Probably well, not. Best wishes. Uh, I think you will. With, with that one. Year. Here's one more thing, though. With, uh, with The Bachelorette, I just wanted to play this for you because I know it's uh, just about to be June, but I find it hard to imagine there will be three better audio clips provided in the calendar year 2016. Here's what the villain slash dope of <laughs> this season is. His name is what again, uh, Hanzoos? Uh, I'm bad with names. I don't remember. Chad. It's a perfect name perfect for this Chad. for this uh, guy, Chad. Chad. He's a real creepo. Listen to, listen to his attempt at a little metaphor about his competition. 
If you're making a protein shake made of a group of dudes here, yeah. and then, you know, blended it up, what kind of shake would you get? Dude protein shake would be, like, all the same. I have zero chance. So, if you, if you couldn't follow that, if we put, if everybody here was a protein shake, mm-hmm. And we put them all into the blender. Then the other guy inquires, so what kind of protein shake would it be? Well, it would be a protein shake, and, like, half of it wouldn't have a chance. <laughs> you can actually smell the smoke coming out of the guy's ear. Then he smiles as though, well done, Chad. You did it again, Chad. That was a good one. I was in heaven with that. Real quick, one more thing about OKC. Um, or I'm sorry, about uh, – the Warriors going into this series against uh, LeBron and company. And I keep hearing this stuff. This is what I'm talking about, Buck. Cynicism. Why is it that people have to point out, OKC choked it, instead of celebrating the greatness of the performance by Klay Thompson and Steph Curry? Same goes for LeBron James. This bizarre thing that people have already announced well lebron's about to be 2 and 5 in the finals and and shame on him and isn't that terrible instead of celebrating the fact that he's gotten the six straight finals and the thing that people point to is what's well, he's doing it through the east so big whoop that's easy to do how say you on this phenomenon buck shouldn't lebron be celebrated through thick and thin changing locales a couple of times and he's been in the finals six straight years yeah, I think it's an interesting phenomenon that we don't uh, recognize the loser in championship games for their accomplishments. It's much like the Buffalo Bills going to four straight Super Bowls, yet they're kind of pegged or viewed as losers because they lost four times in a row. And I think with LeBron, the fact that he's going to six straight finals is a testament to his ability to raise the level of his teammates play around him. And even though they are probably heavy underdogs in this one, most will still say that despite the underdog status, if they don't win, LeBron choked it or failed it away or they didn't get it done. Hanson, thoughts on this subject? I I think it's a a general issue that I have with uh, NBA fans and sports fans in general that I don't think LeBron is properly appreciated. And to get to seven straight finals, that's unreal. And and the fact, you know, if anybody paid attention to what happened last year or he did it himself, got it to game uh, six games – you know, I, I read the L.A. Times did a, a write-up of, you know, the game last night, uh, the Thunder Warriors game, and the lead was something along the lines of the two best players in the league, uh, you know, uh, going head-to-head, Durant and Stephon Curry. And I was like, whoa, what, what about LeBron? People take his greatness for granted at this point. If he wins the title, by the way, he once again, just like last year, is in the conversation and I am including Michael Jordan in that conversation as the best NBA player of all time. And by the way, you know, you always hear the the phrase recency bias applied to younger people. Yeah. But the other is also true, which is to say that the L.A. Lakers in the 80s getting to the finals all the as often as they nine, did. I think it was nine times. Who were they beating in the coming through the West in the eighties? There was I went and looked it up as a matter of fact. For the most part, the Blazers until eighty eight, I believe there is only one other fifty win team in the West. The years that the Lakers from eighty one mm. to eighty seven, there's only one other fifty win team. There were, it was a bum conference, just like the East is now. There wasn't anybody. There's nobody saying, "Boy, well, Magic and Company." Well, outside of me saying it right now, there's nobody out there really saying. Yeah, but of course the Lakers got to the finals. Who were they even having to to get through? Those teams were not good. The Nuggets, the the Blazers. Come on, Buck. The, the Rockets picked them off once. 
Then Rockets. Yep, that's right. Come off. The Rockets. I mean, it's kind of one of those things where it's it's all or nothing when it comes to fans and fandom and and trying to figure out if you got rings or not. So it's it's more of a nuanced conversation. But everybody wants to look at the final record. That's whatever exactly, that record is. You, you just hit it. Magic yeah. won one got mixed in one more title along the way than LeBron has, and that's really what it's. All. If LeBron wins this one, then it changes the conversation. That's the cherry on top for his career. If he comes back to Cleveland and wins and has three titles in the seven appearances, he's top five. He could retire, and yeah. and, and, and like I say, maybe will uh, will resonate as the best player of all time. Although I think Jordan will still have him. All right, let's move on and uh, and talk about this subject. And this is an annual one as well. I say that Mario Lemieux, the owner now of the Pittsburgh Penguins, is the single most important. There's never been a care a figure who is more meaningful to one franchise in sports history than Mario Lemieux has been to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Is there anyone in the NFL that rivals that? I start with you, handsome Hank. What? Oh come! On. Um, no, no, I was I was concentrating. You um, watched the game yesterday, did you? The most I did watch. Actually, you know what? I really did. I, I the, on Saturday I tried to watch the game and I got in some trouble from people on Twitter because I said, "What channel is the uh, basketball match on?" <laughs> and a lot of people. I was joking. A lot of people responded with um, hate tweets and also pointed out that there were eleven seconds left in the game. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so yesterday I tried to be. I got Got rid of cable, that stuff. So I had to download the TNT app, which is one of the worst <laughs> things available on the TNT internet overtime. right now. I don't think it's called that. I think it's just called Watch TNT or something bad like that. Anyway, I managed. So I did manage to watch it. But what I, about I, Black Ties podcast? Hmm? Take it, make it podcast. You could catch up on anything in the end. Of the I yeah, I mean, but I would have to know what was happening in the first place. That's not make that's, it. Make it, it take it. Oh, excuse. Is, 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 is it basketball? It's a basketball moniker where we play. Right. Of court. And it's I'll also it and, and also handsome. That wasn't the question at all. Has I, any I, he asked me if has I, any I on, figure I in sports history been more important to one franchise than Mario Lemieux, who, for those who may not know, in eighty four it's a failing franchise. They're going to move. Who knows what's gonna happen? They're going towards bankruptcy. They're seating about eight thousand people a night. Lemieux arrives, you know turns the franchise around, makes it relevant, becomes a superstar, wins Stanley Cups for them, so on and so forth. Nevertheless, they still are looking like they may move. They're in financial tumult. Mm -hmm. Lemieux buys the franchise. He's a player. He buys the team. Then comes back and plays for the team, has since won a Stanley Cup, is on is three wins away from winning another one with this team. I remind you, never wore another uniform but the Pittsburgh Penguins as a professional. Again, I ask you. No. Is there anyone in NFL no. history in that who case, rivals that? that story, no. Right. Is there – give me a candidate, Bucky Brooks. In NFL There's history. one I'm I thinking of. John Elway. Yeah, that's exactly right. Hanzoos. He's been to correct. five Super – or he, he played in four Super Bowls, one back-to-back – and now he's taking them to two Super Bowls, one another one. I mean, does he have a statue out front in that stadium? Because he, he needs one if it hasn't happened yet. That's right. That's the I correct mean, answer. That's the answer I was looking for. John Elway, right? I mean, he never wore another uniform. He is, yeah, and, and he built the Denver Broncos. He built them into but, a world champion. So, but it has to be a player that then transitions into the front well, I mean, you could say George Hallis, but he really, you know. So, I'm saying, but that's the criteria. Like it, yeah. I, I just – is there anyone else? I mean, there's that. There's no, I don't. Th- I mean, I don't think there can be. But the the the, the only one that I think you could say would be Ozzie Newsom 
in terms of that's an interesting Cleveland Browns. Yeah, that's a good Hall one. of Famer. Good one. Franchise moves to Baltimore. He builds the Baltimore Ravens into a two-time Super Bowl champion. Great call. Okay. What about Paul Brown? If you want to go a bit further back. Paul Brown, yes, except that then he ditches when he has uh, his falling out with Art Modell. Didn't he get ditched? Kind of, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he did. So, But then he, he is cross it, about it. And it's goes, his name. He built that team. He coached the team. The guy was a, a genius. Imagine getting run off from if, if it was the Hanzooses. <laughs> it makes sense that he went and formed the Bengals and then like stole the team colors. How, he was exactly. pissed as hell about it. And rightfully so. What a bunch of BS. Come I on, Art Modell. You're better than that. What about Dick? He never made another big mistake, by the way. <laughs> How about Ditka? Long no, because what – I mean, Bears, and then he went uh, – he Cowboys. does this thing with the Saints. Yeah, and he's, uh, yeah he's, he's associated with the Cowboys for a long time under Landry with his perm and everything. Ricky Williams trade. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, he doesn't make it. Bill Russell, I guess, might be in the conversation. I just think it's a an interesting thing how significant this one person has been. Joe Namath, by the way, of the Jets. It's sad because they haven't been able to find anybody else, but he represents the Jets to this day, and he hasn't played in almost 50 years. <laughs> it is sad. Um, a matter of fact, all right, I wanted to talk about the best wide receiver, but real quick, Hanzus, give us your update on your emotions right now as our Jets fan representative. The team has made its offer to Fitz. Mm-hmm. Three he months is ago. offended. Yeah. He doesn't like it. And now he is saying, is that on record that he said that, or is that rumor? at this point, that he said, I'll take less money from another team. Just that's, out of that's a New York Daily News report uh, via sources, including players, that he is open to just taking a lesser offer. But it doesn't, still doesn't make sense. That's why it's still and it, one of the more annoying stories ever connected to my Jets fandom is that this is still going on because let's say he does decide to do that to somehow stick it to the Jets. It's really just sticking it to yourself more than anything else. You're not going to get half that amount of money. You're not going to get a starting job most likely. And that just makes too much sense for him to stay with the Jets. And, and the Jets, you know, the offer that we hear is three years, $24 million. First year is $12 million, which still, that's the most money he can make in one year. Not well, counting. he knows, and I assume everybody else does, that what you're talking about is a one-year deal. Right. But, I mean, no, it would be a three-year deal. No, I know, but he would either be the – he would, at best, right. probably yeah. only be the starter gotcha. So one just take year. a one-year deal. Just offer him a one-year deal. I mean, if it is only a one-year deal, just offer him a one-year deal. Give him $12 Because it sounds like the problem isn't this year. The problem is the money that the next two right. years. Right. If he has another so just season say, like last all year right, and fits. he's on the book for books for $6 million next year, he's going to be even more angry. Right. So just say, here's $12 million for this year. Let's think about. Let's think again this time next. You've got another Makes prove sense. it. You could go get more money somewhere else next year. We might decide that there's another quarterback on the roster that, that's I starting think, for us in a year from now. I, it seems like that's the obvious way to, to get this done. Just get it over with. I'm tired of this story. Well, I mean, I just I just find it funny that there's the clamoring over Ryan Fitzpatrick. That's right. Well, that's kind of what I, I'm, I just, I just I've, find it. I find it funny that he won the starting job by default. He won it because this is what know, I've ribbed hands and all the Jets fans about. Who do you in the jaw? About? He got punched in the jaw, and that's how he got the starting job. We've seen this story before with Ryan Fitzpatrick. He'll play well for one year, and then people will look at the tape and say, "Oh, okay, this is what he can do." And in the biggest moments, he is always prone to turn the ball over. In that last game with the season on the line, did he have three interceptions in the final half? Final mm-hmm. quarter. Final, final quarter. quarter. I mean, that's who he is. And so the reason there's no market for him is because I think people realize exactly what he is and they're not willing to just, pay 
kind of money for Let him. me just say, he also dropped one in the basket to Kembrell Tompkins with 30 seconds to play that should have won the game, but that's what happens when you root for the Jets. Bad things happen. But the thing that I take issue with, Shaq, is Jets fans aren't freaking out like, oh, we need Ryan Fitzpatrick back. He's our hero. He's an amazing player. It's just the idea of – uh, the distraction that it's bringing to the team and how annoying the story is. You just want the story to go away. And I don't want Geno Smith to be the quarterback, so I prefer that Fitz is there. But it's not like I think the Jets signed Fitz and he's going to throw 35 I touchdowns. Think, I think here's the funny thing about the Geno Smith-Fitzpatrick argument. Geno Smith never has had the opportunity to play with the cast of characters that Ryan Fitzpatrick played with last year. He's never had a legitimate number one receiver to play on the outside. And I will liken this to when Mark Sanchez was there and they had Braylon Edwards and who was it? Was it San Antonio Holmes yeah. on the other side? When you surround guys with talent, it can mask some of their flaws. You have two Pro Bowl caliber receivers on the outside who can erase some of those mistakes that Fitzpatrick I, made. I also Same think that Geno is one of these guys who suffers from I – mean, maybe Hanzoos is right, and he has right to be cynical about it as a Jets fan – but for all the, the, the things he's had to suffer through over the decades. But it, the, the idea that because we've seen a number of guys come in day one, take over a team, come out of college, and have some success doesn't mean that every guy who is drafted to be an NFL QB has to be great in his first year or two. Some guys progress differently. Some guys are going to take a little bit longer. Well, it also and depends. to your point, I think Geno does – the, the idea that he's definitely – uh, a bum and definitely a bust of a guy is is pretty again to cynical. Me, I mean, me, but maybe he he might turn the corner here with Chan Bailey. It's kind of funny because most quarterbacks drafted high, and Geno wasn't drafted high; he was a second round pick. But most quarterbacks drafted high go to the worst teams based on the way the draft process is. It's rare that a guy falls into a situation where the team is ready to win, and you just need to drop the quarterback in. And so, for the guys who've had success, and I know we will trumpet. Andrew Luck and all the great things that he's done. But also, when they took Andrew Luck, they also drafted pieces around him. T.Y. Hilton. That was a weird right. Everybody like that. Um, We look at Jameis and Marcus Mariota and all those other guys. They may put up numbers. It depends on what are we judging them on. Also, Jameis had Vincent Jackson and Mike Evans and uh, every situation different. I can't confidently say, and I'm not necessarily a Geno Smith fan or a, a cynic. I'm just saying. Who was he throwing to? At one, the one year they had Jeremy Curley and a bunch of Mighty Mites on the outside. Like at some point, to really evaluate the quarterback, you have to see what is around him and did you give him a fair shake at being able to play the position. I think they're going to move on from both of those guys, and I think Hackenberg is the guy that they're designating as the guy that is a quarterback of the future. Is that right? You think so? You think right now? So best guess. Bucky, you're saying Christian Hackenberg starts the season? I'm not saying he starts the oh. season, but I believe he is the guy that they're pegging as their quarterback of the future. There's no money from them. There's there's no loyalty or tie to Geno Smith. Ryan Fitzpatrick, they've already shown you what they think about here based on how they offered a deal. They didn't offer him significant money. They are really holding tight to the line that they're not going to overpay for a guy that they don't deem to be an elite guy. They drafted Christian Hackenberg in the second round for a reason because from a front office perspective, when you take someone in the second round, you're expecting that guy to be a high-level starter. They believe that Christian Hackenberg can be that guy at some point of the well, evaluation. Well, Fitz, um, Bryce Petty, Geno, and Christian Hackenberg, one of those four guys is not going to be, obviously, on the roster in September. And, obviously, they're not going to get rid of Hackenberg. So, one of the three guys I just named I think it's ain't going to be around. I think Bryce Petty's it. Gets I kicked mean, to the curb. I think so. You so, they will sign Fitz. I think it's Gino. 
I don't think so. My because, guess is because, Gino. Because here, here's the thing. If you say it's Gino, because Gino has how many starts in his career? At least, he has to have at least 30-plus 30 30. Plus, yeah. 30 plus starts. Exactly. If Ryan Fitzpatrick goes down, Who's going to be the guy that that's you play? What, exactly. Are you going to play Hackenberg or are you going to play Petty. Bryce Petty? That's like, not neither of those. I just, I just can't. If I'm Todd Bowles, if I'm just like, if we're saying that this is a team that is on the come in terms of being a playoff team, I'm going to entrust our our fate with a a rookie quarterback with no experience and another quarterback with no experience. I just ready? think that Gino has to start. To <laughs> I got to. By tell the way, you. you could keep all four. Also, it's been done. They might do that as well. Huh. Really? They would roll, I guess? And then dump either Gino or Petty the next year. Or well, and by the way, that's a, a fun uh, a fun discussion that we'll have uh, maybe later this week or, or next week. But it is odd that we're going to get to June, and there are a lot of quarterback situations for all the talking we and everybody else have, has done over the last six months, that there are some situations that are still pretty unsettled, and there are a couple of wild cards still looming out there. I wouldn't be surprised if the Browns would move on from McCown or if the Niners would somehow part ways with uh, with Cap. Those guys could move, and those would be some – Interest. I mean, not well, McCown. Uh, I've made my with, feelings clear with, on him, with, but I think if Cap suddenly, I, I haven't been privy to. What are your feelings on Josh McCown? I think we know exactly what he is. Oh, okay, I, th- okay. I mean, I, but I what we sure talked about RG three <laughs> as the assumed number one guy in Cleveland is assuming a lot when McCown ended up as the starter a year ago. Uh, I think RG three would have to fail miserably in preseason to be. Uh, Uprooted out of but the that's job. what we call hubris, H-E-U. I mean, H-U-E, I should say. Mm-hmm. Mm. I think he would have like Mess it. that up, handsome. Don't you give did. me your rye It's fine. Rye it's okay. I think the big thing, you talk about all these quarterbacks and who will be uh, – why they haven't gotten rid of Josh McCown or one of those other guys. Because ultimately what happens in preseason, there's always a major injury. And so everyone is hedging their bet, holding on to their quarterbacks and hopes of someone gets hurt that they can then trade those guys off for a pick. That's why you hold on to those veterans as long as you can. All right, let's move on to uh, to this subject, and it is uh, the best wide receiver in a month or so, Some, or I guess, what, eight weeks away. The new class of the Hall of Fame will be inducted in Canton, Ohio. T.O. will not be one of them. I find it ludicrous, and talk about a conversation for another time, this first ballot Hall of Famer versus just garden variety Hall of Famer is ridiculous, and the gatekeepers, the voters, uh, are, are take themselves a little too seriously. Yeah, I don't even know why you're sitting here. That's Charles Woodson. <laughs> I, I, that Charles Woodson said that to me on the Top 100 show a couple of years ago. Mo Damashek. Oh, oh, he did say that to you? He did say that to me. That's right. And then Mo Damashek <laughs> tweeted in that she didn't care for that, and then he backed off real quick. <laughs> he apologized to Mo Damashek. Handsome Hank, I start with you, though. T.O. is clearly going to wind up in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, he should have been probably a ballot guy for what that's worth. Unless he comes out of retirement. Statistically, yeah, he continues to throw to. Yeah, yeah, I've heard, I've heard some talk about yeah. that on uh, some programs yeah. around the on other shows. There's definitely football there's, there's speculation about it. Yeah. All right, Your Highness, why don't you let us know who do you think? Give me your three best wide receivers after Jerry Rice, who is clear cut the number one best ever. I think Tio's one of them. I think Randy Moss is another one. Give me them in order. Um, I'm going to go Moss two, mm-hmm. Tio three. Then the fourth one, there's just so many different names. Like Chris Carter at his very best oh, was love Chris Carter. Is Chris that Carter grim? at his very best? No, no, I'm not saying this is. I'm going to just tell you some of the names that are on my mind. Chris Carter at his very best was pretty amazing. Megatron, 
you know. Mm-hmm. Um, he he was pretty good. I think he's he's up there. I mean, th- those are the two. Those are the two that I'm I'm kind of going back and forth on for the for for number. Well, I'll tell you, I, this discussion endlessly fascinates me because, as opposed to, if we say let's do the best quarterbacks of all time, who are they, or of the Super Bowl era, we can have a hearty debate about Montana v. Brady, but right behind them, Elway and Marino and mm-hmm. Peyton. And, you know, I don't know, I guess you could throw Breeze in there. I would throw Roethlisberger into the probably the top 10 or 15. But anyway, it runs pretty deep when you start getting into your top three to five. Same goes for running backs. You right. can go on and on and on. I can't believe that guy, when you sit down and think about it, that guy's not one of the top 10 running backs ever. Oh, no, I guess that guy really isn't because of how many good ones. And yet when you deal with wide receivers, Weird. that there is not a clear cut. I mean, Randy Moss and T.O., like they – pretty much have to be your two and three. Yes, right. Hanzu? So unless I, you want to make a, a case for anyone else. Michael I, Irvin as well. Yeah. He's, he's my other, He's my third number four. I agree, and I, I was surprised when, you know, I was thinking about this before the show and trying to come up with some names that T.O. was, like, in my top uh, four, and I, it was no disrespect to T.O., but I was like, is he really the fourth best wide receiver? I know there's, like, guys like Don Hudson, old-timers, but it's almost a different sport um, at that point. I think the current generation of guys is something to keep an eye on. That's right. Uh, Julio Jones, A.J. Green, Des Bryant, DeAndre Hopkins. Like, I mean, I, I throw out, I'll throw out some from studs out there right now. I'm listen. I'm thinking about this with uh, some specificity, so I'll throw out DeAndre Hopkins for now. We haven't seen enough, but certainly he's doing very well. And you mentioned, oh, A.J. Green. I wouldn't include him in the conversation. I think he's had enough time now in the NFL where he is certainly one of the best pass catchers there is, but he's not going to finish as one of the three or so best wide receivers ever. But I do think Julio Jones has a chance, Des Bryant, Odell Beckham, and Antonio Brown. How how can you be so dismissive of A.J. Green? Productivity. Have you you seen his numbers? I think – oh, you have to – have you seen his his numbers? (laughs) Like where he stacks up? He has been a more productive receiver than Julio Jones. And they've been tied together since they were in high school. They've always been the number one and number two receiver since they've come out. And it's always going back and forth. But remember, Julio, the last two years, has been healthy and been available. But he hasn't always been available. A.J. Green has been a very consistent and productive number one receiver since he stepped into the league. If you look at his numbers, I think that bears it out. When it comes to DeAndre Hopkins, we have to see Kenny – maintain the pace to be a guy that is known like that, much like I think there'll be some debate about Calvin Johnson just based on the brevity of his career. But I just think you shouldn't be so dismissive. Here's the thing with Calvin Johnson addressing him. He, I think we are all unable to see the reality of Calvin Johnson's career because we saw him at Georgia Tech and said, "What? A, I mean, this guy, what a specimen! We've never seen a specimen like this. Six six, and you know, have, you know, can go True. up and get it, and uh, the speed and everything else. But what? How many years would you say? Oh yeah, he was the best receiver in the NFL. One, maybe two. Twenty twelve, he is the clear cut best pass catcher in the NFL. Right. Outside of that, he's I mean, so great. Yeah, he has all the had all the talent in the world." But he's one of these guys who, a little Kevin Durant-ish for all the talent and all the deeds, there's a little bit that he gets a bit of his – he got a little bit of a pass, true? A little bit. I mean, he wasn't dominant week in and week out. Uh, Antonio Brown is. Odell Beckham is. 
better uh, quarterback. Julio Jones uh, is when he's healthy. Uh, but I, I, I think situations. Des Bryant are, is. Des Bryant is. But, I, I mean, I think the problem is in this era, because it's such a pass-happy, a pass-first league, the rules are set up where receivers can be dominant players on the outside. I think you kind of have to look at how much attention did they command. Is he getting singled and double teamed on a consistent basis? What is the produ- production like when he faces those things? I think for Calvin, you can make that argument with those other guys. I think the other thing, when you well, talk I about – no, no, listen. I'm listening to you, but – But before – because you're quick to kind of write Antonio Brown in, I think with everybody, you have to kind of look and see how long can they sustain that run. Because if Mon- we're talking about a gold jacket, you're talking about a gold jacket, it has to be a guy that is – unanimously, universally seen as a dominant impact player. I know that people view that with Calvin Johnson. We have to make sure that Antonio Brown continues to hey, be Buck, that guy that's viewed like that. I got I got news for you. And what you, you can say a Steelers bias. It is Steelers bias. It is I mean listen. It is Steelers bias. It, it absolutely It is Steelers bias. It absolutely is not, Bucky. I challenge you <laughs> to find me three two guys who have ever put together a three year run and I understand generational differences statistically, uh-huh. but that being understood even, who has ever put together a three-year run in history the way Antonio Brown just has? No one is the answer to that. Marvin Harrison had a great three-year stretch. Jerry Rice had uh, had a great four-year stretch. There's no one who's strung yeah. together three what are, But what are we judging like about? What are we are we judging by number of receptions? We're judging by yards. What are we, like what are we doing? Like what are we judging? All right, by? I'm judging a, talking about a against the run. against what? the era. He is the dominant receiver of the See, last it's three funny, years. Because, it's funny because you're so dismissive of AJ Green. I'm looking at AJ Green with five straight 1,000 yard seasons, two with over 1,300 yards. The other one, he's three yards short of that. But yet you're saying, ah, oh, he's ah. Uh, I just think I, I just think love and eyes never see. When we are you talking, have a tough time, we are talking you have a tough time when we're talking best ever other guys. Dismissive in the context of the best ever. I'm, I'm saying, not saying he's not a high end uh receiver in twenty in, in the in the teens of the twenty first century. I'm just saying Jerry Rice nineteen eighty five Jerry Rice, you put him in this era of football Where you on can't that touch offense. People. You he's can't gonna touch. have hundred and thirty catches with his eyes closed. And okay. that's not taking anything away from him. He's Antonio the best Brown. receiver of all time too, Jerry Rice. Well about that, if I could just pivot real quick here. Bucky, you, you were a cornerback in your playing days. Because we're putting Jerry Rice, all right, he's first, who comes after? Bucky, when you were a player, who would you rather have to cover in your peak, mm. Jerry Rice or Randy Moss? Ah. I keep, you can make the argument Moss is the best pure receiver I've talked to, ever. And I've talked see, to a see, lot see, of NFL was, guys who say, say Randy Moss. I'd be yeah. terrified to cover that guy. Terrified. I think, I think Randy Moss is probably a more electric playmaker. Jerry Rice is a better receiver. And I would even argue that T.O. is a better receiver than Randy Moss based on all the elements that go with playing the position. Route running, being able to do the dirty work between the hashes, being able to catch and run, yards after catch, all those things factor in. I believe that the debate should squarely be when we talk about two and three, T.O., Randy Moss, I believe you can flip those any kind of way depending on what the criteria is. To me, T.O. is a more polished and more complete receiver than Randy Moss. Randy Moss is a more dynamic and electric playmaker because he can score touchdowns. But he's very limited in terms of what he did. He ran the go, the post, and any other thing that was vertical. T.O. did everything. And so for me, I have a greater appreciation for someone that can do it all as opposed to one who's a little more limited. It's funny because I celebrate 
the I you know I'm all for celebrating celebrations. I love the popcorn to thing and the sock taking the pen out of the sock. But then that led to him doing sit-ups shirtless for a gaggle of reporters, and then it got into the dark stuff with the press conference, with the press conference, and the weeping, and that's my quarterback, and all that weird stuff. And it is a cautionary tale for professional athletes who do care about how they're perceived, because that stuff is what has kept To out of the Hall of Fame. But it, why, is, it is okay. already obscured. Already, it's only been a few years since To played, and we already forget how. Dominant and unstoppable. I think, he uh, he I think, was. I think what's funny is the first three I, stops I, he made. He I was think, unstoppable. I think what's funny about the To thing and the issues. You can make the same argument for Randy Moss. True. You can but make the that's same why argument when he when he leaves right. when he has issues in Minnesota. He has the mooning incident on the field. He <laughs> has even, other it things. Wasn't an actual moon. People forget that. I know. I know. But I'm just saying. I know. I'm just saying. Like we talk about celebrations and those other things. We have the straight cash, homie. All the other stuff that, that surrounded awesome. that. He goes to Oakland and kind of basically disappears. That's the killer of his career. Then he goes to New England. Not the killer, but that's what goes to New England, reemerges because becomes the most dominant player that we've seen, but was unceremoniously dumped by the Patriots. And then I think people forget that he languished around the Tennessee Titans and other places that's and true. didn't really do anything. Retires, comes back to San Francisco, made some plays, but wasn't whatever. The one thing that you can say about T.O., Every season that T.O. played, he had some kind of positive and dominant impact. Even his last season, I want to say he put up 10 touchdowns. Like, that's the kind of dominant performance that you should expect of a gold jacket. Those gold jackets shouldn't be given out freely. And so I think we have to consider that when we make that case for T.O. Bottom line, shame on the voters for not putting T.O. in as quickly as they could. Last question for you guys is speculate – Best guess, Odell Beckham. Let's start there. Gold jacket or no when it's all said and done? Is he going to achieve what people seem to have already handed him as, you know, he's already handed. They well, handed I mean, but they don't you feel a little bit? No. The fact that he's continued to produce consistently is almost besides the point. The one-handed catch just made him a superstar for but the numbers, 15-year-olds everywhere. You talk about that. I know rush. the numbers. The numbers I, are ridiculous. I know they are, but I'm saying but that's almost secondary to the True. fact that he made that one crazy one-handed catch to a large percentage of the fans out there. Will he continue to deliver at the rate he has and wind up as an all-time great wide receiver, Hanzoos? It's impossible to say because – not only do you have to avoid a major injury that, that could rob him of the special skills that he uses. Well, to get we're open. assuming good health. Also, you, you could fall into the – It's Larry Fitzgerald's still going to get in the Hall of Fame because he's so great. But he could fall into quarterback purgatory for a decade potentially uh, after Eli Manning gets old. But at this current rate, I would be really surprised if he didn't make the Hall of Fame. He's that talented. Fitzgerald and Steve Largent are the two prominent names when you're doing all-time best or at least Super Bowl era wide receivers that uh, that we failed to mention there. Those guys would be probably I might top. put them in my top five. Fitzgerald? Yeah. Yeah, dynamite. Uh, yeah. But never dro- big time player, never drops a pass. Player. Same thing with Steve Largent, but obviously could go up and get it. In and fact, Steve Largent was the guy that I had in mind for number four when you Is were talking right? about the list. How about that? Ahead of Michael Irvin. Yeah, playmakers career was short. I also think the guy that is underrated that doesn't get talked about enough, Art Monk. Why? Oh, that's a lit. A jet Why? legend is Why? what I call him. Why? I don't understand. That's a little what. If you go back, he think about good. the time. He was good. Consistently among the leaders in receptions and what he did on third down. I'd put James Lofton ahead of Art Monk. 
I mean, I like James. I can't, I can't knock James. I like James. But if you look at his, his numbers, there's some years where there's not a lot of receptions. For Lofton, really? Yeah. And by the way, the the knock on T.O. is the aside from the off the field stuff. He did drop some passes. That was the thing that separates him in a bad way from the rest of this group. I mean, Garrett I Rice mean, obviously, the big drops he, uh, obviously, like he's a high volume <laughs> drop guy. But Calvin Johnson also dropped. I, you didn't hear me mention Calvin Johnson in my top five. I mean, I, I think sometimes you got to take the good. This is what I'm talking about. Perception has made Calvin Johnson a surefire Hall of Fame. Oh, I don't think he's surefire. I don't think he's surefire. I agree with you. The length of the resume. I don't know if he's surefire. Nine years, one season is the unquestioned best in the NFL. And Tim Brown's in the Hall of Fame. Calvin Johnson should be in the Hall of Fame. I think the thing about Tim Brown and what – like, we kind of catch him at – we caught him, obviously, at the tail end of his career. At the beginning of his career when he came in, coming off the Heisman Trophy, not only was he a dominant receiver, but he was a dominant return man. And I think because he played so long, we remember old Tim Brown going out with the Tampa Bay Buccaneers as opposed to vintage Tim Brown with the Raiders. Fair point, but he still doesn't get anywhere close to my top five when it's all said and done. I didn't put – And are you saying – and are you saying that in 2025 – that Antonio Brown, you don't think, is going to be in your top ten? Best guess. I didn't say that. I love Antonio Brown. I, <laughs> I don't, just, I don't know. Just, it seemed like you five, ten minutes ago had the well, I, the say, re- oh, this three-year run's not enough for me. My, th- it's not his three-year run in the midst of this gaggle of all-time great pass catchers, is, is B- Bucky still has to hold out a little bit. Just We end right where we started on, but, with more then, Bucky Brooks cynicism. But then I think you would have to look at Ocho Cinco's three-year run. Oh, come on. It is not remotely comparable, Bucky. Whoa, Chad. Like, 129 Jet. catches last year, Bucky. While, Bucky. while Bucky looks it up, I wanted to say on the Around the NFL podcast last week, we had the uh, we did some cynical power rankings in terms of our studio. Who's the most cynical person? Are you putting Bucky at number one on your cynical. show? Cynical. It's funny. Um, cynical. No, I'm going to go with you. I think this I'm the number one cynic on know. your show. I just think it's funny because if you're talking about catches, I mean, we put Wes Welker up there because Wes Welker had all those years with 100-plus catches, averaging nine yards a catch. Now, I mean, you're, now you're parsing words. No, I'm just if, catching. You talked about that. I'm just saying, like, it can't if you want If you want to have a proper debate about it, we will. But it's not you, just yeah. the catches. It's I mean, also but that's the what yards. You spit out. I'm, I'm arguing it in It's also realm. the yards. And as you mentioned with Calvin Johnson, he consistently is draw, drawing double coverage and no matter. He has been the best wide receiver, and you I'm can say disputing. that's Steelers bias. It's I'm not. I'm not. Disputing. It's impossible to. I'm not. It, I'm not disputing that fact. I'm just saying, like. All right. Well, listen. We will get to our Game of Thrones review for you. We had no Maurice uh, to do it with early in the week, so Handsome and I will tackle that at uh, a later point in the week. In the meantime, again, muzzle tub to Hans Zeus and company on uh, their nomination. There's no voting or anything, right? The, I don't know, the really. The fans can assist you with. Yeah. Um, but around the NFL, so. seven days a week online at NFL.com and thrice weekly on uh, on iTunes, Stitcher, and elsewhere, Bucky Brooks, I hear tale. Your show's coming back. Move the sticks. It Ooh. is coming back. I think we I think we're coming back tomorrow. Prima donnas. We're gonna take a month off. We're tired. Outrageous. Um, <laughs> but now, what a pleasure. See now, when hearing cynicism doesn't feel so good when it's directed at you. What? I, I'm fine. <laughs> it doesn't bother me at all. Congratulations on your. Uh, on your uh, two lax titles there. 
How about that, huh? Yeah. How about that, yeah. How about that? Over the moon. All right, we'll talk to you later in the week. Thanks so much, football fans. It's been a thin slice of heaven. Now I have to fill till the music runs out. Oof. All right. It's rough. Um, Bucky is wrong about Antonio Brown. He is the best in the game now. Such a fan. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. Are you looking for the perfect move-in ready home this spring season? Now's the time to buy at Fisher Homes. For a limited time only, enjoy below market interest rates starting at 5.375% APR, 6.139% APR. With these exclusive lower rates, you can save hundreds on a move-in ready home and start enjoying the benefits of home ownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with one of our new home specialists at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home. Financing provided by Victory Mortgage, LLC, NMLS 461249, Equal Housing Lender. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details.